0: Come on, let's give it up for our mass choir. Amen. Blessing the Lord. Instead of complaining, we're going to praise him. That's, that, that's a word right there. That's what we're going to do in 2023. Just a couple of quick announcements. Um, this is third Sunday, so we have our Ivy Angels that is available for our babies five and under. It is open And also, we have youth church that's going on right now for our babies ages 6 all the way up to 18. So if there are any youth that are here in uh, the Family Life Center with us and you wish to go to youth church, you can be dismissed at this time. You can go on down uh, to the chapel where our youth department will be serving our young people on today. Amen. Now it is offering time everybody let's give god praise for that offering time it is offering time now for those who are uh new to us we don't do an official offering that's not something uh that we do uh we don't pass a plate we don't stand up and walk around we believe that you should give as the lord has purposed for you to give And so however the Lord does that. And so on the screen, there are many different ways of which you can give. And so uh, we encourage you to do it electronically. If you can, our cash app is listed on the screen. Our Givelify, you can text to give. There are many different ways that you can do it right there at your seat by your phone, with your phone. Now, if you are in person and you need to give by check or by cash, uh, you need an envelope and so uh if you need an envelope you can just raise your hand and there's someone that will be standing by right now that will give you an envelope and then there are some uh there are some things on the back wall of which you can drop your your boxes there's some boxes on the back wall that you can drop your offering in and we appreciate that how many of you know that when you honor god and you're giving god will bless you in return how many of you believe that sister monica come on up here real quick i want i I want you to share your story i want you to share your story about uh what it means that that when you give how bible says give and it shall be given press down shaking together i ain't holding your hand you got her hand you go (laughs) press down shaking together and runneth over so sister monica shared an amazing testimony and and i can I can say that I know the heart of Deacon White and Sister Monica White in there. And we've talked extensively about their passion of giving and sowing seed into ministry. And I just want to show you how when you are obedient to the Lord, how the Lord can bring it back around. So here's a quick testimony. Y'all give them a clap off and the praise as they come.
1: Good morning, church. Um, I posted on Facebook. Some of you may have seen uh, my testimony. Um, I believe it's our testimony cause it's the white house. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but the Lord is faithful. That's all I can say. Um, a couple about eight months ago, um, I decided I was going to put in for the public service loan forgiveness for my student loan. Right. Prayed over it, said, you know what, I'm gonna pray over to God. This is forgiven in Jesus name. Right. Then I go to Reuben, and Reuben's like, listen, this is the perfect time for you to be paying on this while, you know, this zero interest, right? So pay on it so you can pay on the principal. And I just kept telling him, I'm not making any payments because it's forgiven in Jesus' name. So on Wednesday of this week, it was forgiven in Jesus' name. Let me make it plain. Let me make it plain, church. 19900 and something, something dollars down to zero. But the bigger testimony, you guys, the bigger testimony is the lesson. Money is fine, I don't look at dollars and bills, and that's great, the, the Lord forgave the debt, right? But for me, it was the principle. In my quiet time, the Lord said, pray about it, leave it alone, and watch me work. That's the formula, amen. Thank you.
0: Come on, y'all give God a big clap off and a praise. Somebody needed to hear that today because cause maybe y'all didn't hear what she said she got a letter back $19,000 had been forgiven that she don't have to pay no more now I'm just crazy enough to believe and you know we don't pressure you here we don't force you to do anything I'm just crazy enough to believe that because they were faithful in giving and sowing into the kingdom God took care of the rest of their needs. And and so this is what I'm going to say to y'all. This is what I'm going to say. You know, everybody in here is faced with a choice of what to do with your money. Everybody in here has got things that they could do with their money. And if we're going to be kingdom minded this year, I'm just going to encourage you. To sow the seed into the kingdom and then watch God go to work on your behalf in this side. So let me share my story real quick. Because some people think that when you give, it's always that you get money back. That's not how it always works. And so this past week, um, I had to take my, my truck in because the tire sensor light. If anybody, if you got a truck, you know, a car that, you know, there's a light that comes on where your tire pressure is low. Well, the battery in one of my tire pressure lights was low so the light kept blinking I had to take it in uh, to get repaired so while the mechanic is in repairing uh, the or replacing the battery for the tire pressure light he says sir I want to show you something he comes out and he shows me a five inch drill bit not a nail a five inch drill bit he said sir this As I was replacing your tire sensor, I saw this also in your tire. However, because of the way it was lodged in, the tire never leaked. The only way I discovered it is because I was taking care of your sensor light and just happened to notice this other piece of metal that was stuck in your tire. And I just want you to know that I found this and this has been in your tire. Lord knows how long. But I never even knew about it. And so he said also because, you know, you're you, you doing this over here, business over here. I'm going to go ahead and take care and, and take care of this and, and help you fix your tire for free. This comes off of the heels of Lady Swan and I saying this year we're going to commit to stretch just a little bit more to sow seed into the kingdom because we trust God with what God has given to us. Now let me help y'all understand. We are trusting God to sow a little bit of extra seed with two kids in college at the same time. There comes a time where you got to trust God. Because there's always going to be something that you can spend your money on. But if we're going to be kingdom minded, in this case for me, it wasn't that God gave us more money. God gave me protection that I didn't even realize that I needed. I wish I had some folk that believe God that say when you do right by God. He'll take care of things that aren't even in your radar. He takes care of things that you don't even pay attention to because you are operating in what God has assigned for your life. So I ain't gonna beg y'all. I ain't keep sweat. I'm just gonna tell y'all that when you trust God with what God has given you, student loans get forgiven. Five-inch drill bits in your tire don't cause your tire to leak. You can walk around in safety knowing that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is still taking care of you as you obey. So, so that's it for today. You know, that's, that's all I got um, as far as the announcements are concerned. Uh, don't forget February. You know, we start up again with Bible study hybrid model. Um, we're going to be some in person some online that starts first Wednesday in February. Also, Youth Bible Study starts first Wednesday in February. Young Adult Bible Study would meet starts first Thursday in February. More details to come. Let's all stand, please. Let's all stand. We've been in here for a minute. And there's somebody in here that didn't hear the words, I love you, this week. And so we're going to take care of that right now. Go ahead and find some folk. Tell them you love them in Jesus' name. Come on, tell them you love them. Online, you know we love you online.
2: I worship and adore you.
0: Online, we love you, too. Yeah, what's up, man? Good to see you, man. All right. Ten seconds. Remain standing for me, please. Five, four, three, two, one. Now y'all come on back to me. I got to put a time limit on y'all. Y'all just keep talking and hugging each other. How many of you know we live in some trying times? I know that tomorrow we celebrate the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, There is a coalition of concerned clergy for those who are looking for something to do tomorrow at one o'clock at Canaan Baptist Church in Hampton. There is a service uh, that is honoring the life and legacy of Dr. King for those who want to come. That's at Canaan Baptist uh, in Hampton. Over the weekend, we saw a devastating tragedy um, in Los Angeles with a young man who was a schoolteacher and was stopped by the police and had an anxiety attack. Instead of the police officers recognizing his anxiety, they tased him to death. He was unarmed, he was on the ground, and he was a young black man. And so these are the times and seasons that we still live in. That's why it's important that when we come in to church that, that we affirm each other, that we show value to each other. Because in the culture, that same love is not always given back to us. And we wanna make sure that when we come here, that if there's no other place in the week where you know that you are loved and valued, and appreciated. It is here in the house of God. So we're praying for that family. As a matter of fact, the person who got tased was the cousin of the Black Lives Matter founder. So it's always something that's going on. We continue to pray for our schools. I want to thank the men this morning who led the prayer time. Minister Underwood prayed for our schools and He can bail, pray for our families. We need that covering in this season. I want to thank all of you too, because many of you, even today and last week, um, shared how helpful last Sunday's sermon was. And so we're going to continue in that vein where we started last week. Turning your Bible, please, to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew 4 is the appetizers. Matthew 5 is the main course Matthew four seventeen. from that time on Jesus began to preach repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near that's where we started on January 1st change your attitude change your thought life because the kingdom is back. Then we drop down to verse 23 in chapter 4. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread over all Syria and brought, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain. The demon possessed those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. That was last week. Jesus did three things in his ministry. He taught, he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom, and he healed. Today's Matthew 5. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's good enough. You may be seated. Only going to ask you to do this once. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I ain't gonna lie, I need help. help. Ain't no sense in lying about it. I need help. Father, if you would not please that the words of my mouth and even the meditation of my heart Be acceptable in thy sight, God. You are my strength and my redeemer. Let all of God's people say, Amen. As a review, our theme for the year is kingdom over culture. Our scripture for the year is Matthew chapter 6, verse number 33. Jesus says, In that context, Where he begins the thought in verse number 25, he says, you know, why do you worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or what you're going to wear? Don't you know that your daddy in heaven already knows you need these things before you even ask? He said, go look out in the field and see how the flowers are spinning. Don't you know that God knows that they need food too? He said, go look at the birds in the air. He said, if God can take care of the flowers and take care of the birds, won't he also take care of you? He said, so don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear because your heavenly father already knows these things. But 633 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and don't forget this part, his righteousness being in the right standing, being in the right position with God. And he said, and then all these things that you already are asking for that you need, I'm going to take care of it. This goes completely against the culture of which we are in. Because the culture that we're in suggests that we got to get up every day to grind so we can eat, so we can have things, so we can have a nice life. Jesus said for the believer, that's not how we do it in the kingdom. The way we do it in the kingdom is you don't wake up every morning chasing stuff. You wake up every morning chasing me. And if you chase me, I'll make sure you get the stuff. Hmm. So that's why we have to focus as believers on kingdom above culture. So what is the kingdom? What is the kingdom? The kingdom, uh, the Greek word is basilia, and, and it means where a king has rule. There's nothing too deep about that. It's where the king has rule. And again, as I've said before, we have difficulty comprehending a kingdom in America because America does not operate according to a kingdom. America operates according to a democratic society. And democratic society is based on our constitution where the first three words of our constitution are we the people. So it is the people in America that vote to determine how laws are done and who's going to be our elected officials and all the stuff because it's people generated. Now let me take it a step further. Even within the culture of the Baptist church, it starts with the people. That's why we have church meetings so that There can be voted upon certain things that govern how the church is going to move forward. That ain't the case with God. God operates in a kingdom. And if there is a kingdom, then that means there has to be a king. And if there is a king, then whatever God or the king speaks, that's it. There ain't no Supreme Court. There's no appeal. Whatever the king speaks, that's it. So if you understand that, then you understand why we have to understand kingdom. So then the other part is then is well what is culture? Well, culture are the behaviors, the norms and the attitudes that a group decides on. So every organization, every entity has culture. Your house has culture. In your house, usually the parents or the ones paying the bills <laughs> determine the culture of the house. Don't sit in that chair because that's my chair. <laughs> Don't touch that remote because that's my. that's way, you know. Because the one who pays the bills is the one who sets the culture. Right? So culture are the behaviors, the norms of any group. There is a culture of the world that is against the culture of the kingdom. And even within church, here's where it gets sticky. Sometimes in church, when we don't know word, we turn to culture. And so in many churches, you have culture driving it as opposed to kingdom. That ain't going to happen here. Now let me tell you where we are, though. I'm going to explain something to you real quick before I get to the text. In every church across the land, there's something called culture wars. You know what a culture war is? A culture war is where one group of people was raised a certain way. And then you got another group of people who were raised in a different culture, who are not like the other culture. And so when it comes to church, um, you have, in our case, four different groups of people or generations, which is the blessing of Ivy. Because we got people from great-grandma all the way to great-grandbaby. That's the blessing of Ivy. But do you know what the challenge of Ivy is from my vantage point? That means that all four generations experience a different culture. And within that culture, each generation experiences God differently based on that culture. Let me see if this makes sense. So for my parents and older, my parents and older grew up in a culture where dress was much more formal. They grew up in a culture where even at school you wore a suit and tie or a shirt and tie. They grew up in a culture where on Sundays you had to look your absolute best when you came to church. Well, where did that come from? That came from the fact that during segregation and during civil rights and during discrimination era and even going all the way back to slavery, the church was the only place where blacks could have free space uninterrupted by the slave master. And so church became, for many in the African-American community during that time, the only place where I felt like somebody. So during that culture, it was determined that we're going to dress up because there's no other place where I can go where I can feel like somebody unless I go to the house of God. But that's culture. I can share this private conversation with my dad that I had. My dad tells me, son, son, On second Sundays, I need you to wear a tie. I said, why, Dad? Because it's Communion Sunday. And on Communion Sunday, as I grew up, we made sure that we honored God by how we dress. So the last two second Sundays, December and January. Y'all saw me last week. (laughs) Cause I don't care how old he is, he's still my daddy. (laughs) And he's still a big man and I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) And you know how you are when you're kids, right? You say to yourself, man, why I gotta wear a tie, man? Wanna well, win no time, but that's my daddy, right? So watch this. Last Sunday, he forgot that it was Second Sunday. So guess what happened? He came in casual, but I got the town. So he said to me, "He said, man, it's Second Sunday." He said, I forgot it was second Sunday. I should have been dressed up in a shirt and tie. I said, why? He said, because that's what I'm used to doing. I said, does the the tie on second Sunday change your relationship with Jesus? He said, you're right. It's culture. And then he said to me, next Sunday, I'm going to wear some jeans. I said, you go ahead on there. I feel the Holy Ghost up in here. He got it. And the question that we got to ask ourselves is um, when we have these culture wars that happen in church, where you have one generation that grew up a certain way with church, and then you have a younger generation that did not grow up the way the older generation grew up, and they have a completely different understanding, but guess what, it's the same God. So now the culture war that we're battling now for the last couple of weeks is Meach wearing a hat. And when he comes up, some of your blood boiling. And then you got another group of people saying, what's the big deal? And here's how I'm gonna answer that question when we have culture wars. If Jesus was standing right here and somebody came in with a hat on, do you think Jesus would turn that person away? Or would he welcome him and say, come on in, I got something for you to do. So here's what I'm saying to us. We have to be careful in church. Watch this, y'all. When we make colors, traditions how we've always done it when we make that more God than the Word because do you understand that this is exactly why Jesus argued with the Pharisees they knew a little bit of word but the culture that they were using in the synagogues was to promote themselves more so than promoting the kingdom. And if we're not careful, we won't raise up in here kingdom citizens, we'll raise Pharisees. And you know, the funniest part, Minister Underwood, about a Pharisee? They fight tooth and nail, believing that what they believe is godly. And you got people fighting over stuff in the house that's culture. That ain't Bible. So that's why we got to know kingdom. So that when we do, because you know what's funny? Um, I've rarely had biblical discussions intensely over certain interpretations of scripture. That's kingdom. Most of the time, what I get is culture. And if we're going to be a church that has four generations of people in it, which means you got four different cultures all coming into the same space, then what we have to do in order to make sure that we are doing what God's called us to do is to lift up out of our culture and lift up to the kingdom because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, And what we cannot conclude is that how I was raised in church is the only way that can be raised. What we have to conclude is that how I grew up is one way, but there is also another way because it's the same kingdom. Are y'all with me today? And I know that makes us uncomfortable because what we like to do in church is we like to make people look like us. And this is why young people don't go to church. Because we want to make them look like us. How about you look like you? How about you be the best you you can be? How about I make space for you so that you can do what God's called you to do and I celebrate how God's doing it in your life? So we have these culture wars that we got to get through. Now I said all of that, you know, now, now I can get to the text. So I told you in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The next verse that I read in verse 23, Jesus went about and he taught and he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom and he healed the sick. And as I said to you all last week, most of what people focus on is the last one, healing the sick. So people came from everywhere to see Jesus, right? Because he healed the sick. But what they missed was proclaiming the kingdom. So let me remind you of why the kingdom is so important. The kingdom is so important because what I told you, when a king speaks, that's it. On the first page of the Bible, we see how the kingdom of God is operating. On the first page, he says in verse 1 of Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens And the earth. Right there, what we see is that God decided out of his own will to create two kingdoms. The first kingdom is spiritual, the heavens, it's the one that we can't see. It's the unseen where God exists, where heaven exists, where hell exists, where angels exist, where demons exist, where all the things that we can't see in the natural where it is. And God created the spiritual kingdom well before he created Genesis 1 and 1. So please understand that the spirit kingdom was always in operation. Then he creates the earth. And this is the good part, y'all. When he creates the earth He says, I'm not going to run the earth like I run heaven. I'm not going to run physical realm like I run spirit realm. Here's what I'm going to do. Out of the goodness of my heart, I'm going to create a being that's going to have me in them. And they are going to run the earth like I run heaven. They are going to be a spirit being. That's because in Genesis 1, it says, and God said, let us make mankind in our likeness and in our image. Well, if God don't have a body, then how can we be in this image physically? No, it was in his image spiritually. So guess what? When you are in the will of God, you have his spirit within you. And he said, out of the goodness of my heart, y'all got to catch this, out of the goodness of my heart, I'm going to create somebody that I can share. my my creation with and not only am I gonna share it I'm gonna give them the authority to run it now y'all help me understand if God is a king and he makes you in his image then somebody help me. That means you got to be royalty too. And I wish I had some people up in here that would say, going forward, I don't care what my daddy did. I don't care what my mama did. I don't care what somebody says to me. If any person be in Christ, they are a new creation. I'm royalty. And I want to help y'all understand at the beginning of the year, this is your purpose this is why god created you he did not create you just to get more stuff he didn't create you just to punch a clock he didn't create you just to wake up and go to work and go home and get up again god created you to be royalty And he created you to have dominion. He created you to rule what he made. Because he loves you enough that he wanted to share with you what he had. I ain't no trash. I'm not no accident. I am royalty. I'm a king's kid. And I need some people to get that this year. That no matter what your boss says, uh, no matter what somebody's saying about you, no matter how people try to talk about your past, I am royalty. Yeah. So get this, here's the crazy part. Miss Underwood, if I'm a king and you a king, then I ain't got the hate on you. Cause we both kings together. If you a queen and somebody else a queen, ladies one, ain't no need for me to look you up and down because we both royalty together. I wish I got some people that would grab somebody next to them and say, come on, king or queen, let's worship God together because there's no need to compare. There's no need to be jealous. There's no need to be worried about what somebody else got because I got the same thing you got. And when you're looking at what I'm wearing, that's culture. But look at who I am. That's kingdom. So even if I got a one bedroom, and I'm driving a hoopty, and I ain't got nothing name brand on, I'm still royalty. I need about five people that accept that, that I know that God loves me in spite of a name that's on my back, a name that's on my shoe, because there is a name that is above every single name, that at the name of Jesus. So in the kingdom, we run what God has created. We run together what it is that he made for us to run. Now watch this, because I told you when the king speaks, that's it. So what God did in Genesis 1:26, he said, and then let them have dominion. He spoke it. Watch this. Just because you don't operate in your God purpose don't mean that your assignment has changed. Because once he spoke it, just like he spoke let there be light and there was light, there ain't been darkness since. So in Genesis 1, the very first page of the Bible, God gave you your assignment and gave you your purpose. And you ready for it? Here it is. God says, I want a created being to help people see what they can't see. Let me say that again. You were created to help somebody else see what they can't see. You were created to help somebody on your job see in the natural what they can't see in the spirit. Because our assignment is to run the earth as he runs heaven. So then what is church? Church should be a reflection of how God operates in the spirit realm. This ain't entertainment. This is we should see in the natural what people can't see in the spirit. That's why kingdom gotta be over culture. Because when you come here, you ought to see things in here that you don't see out there. You know what you ought to see when you come in here? People getting along. People loving each other. People genuinely happy for the success of somebody else. People that get happy when God moves in their life and you ain't jealous or complaining. As a matter of fact, come on, Devon. I need five people that want to praise God for somebody else right about now. That you want to give God praise because you are praising them for what somebody next to you is about to get. (laughs) So I want to remind you that God created two kingdoms. The first one is spiritual. He decided to run that on his own, and he still is running that one on his own. The second one is physical. This is the one we're in, but he put in us his spirit. That's why he said in Genesis 1:26, let us make man in our likeness and in our image and let them have dominion. This is why we can't have dominion over each other because there's nothing in that verse that says we are to rule each other. We are to rule the earth so could it be that some of the stuff that we see happening in our communities we blaming God God said I already spoke through you and gave you the power and gave you the authority so we talk about climate change and, and all that kind of stuff could it be that we're not running the earth correctly So why don't we run the earth correctly then? Because he spoke it in Genesis 1. Sin came in Genesis 3. And you know what happens when you sin? You lose your ability to rule. You know why you lose your ability to dominate dominion? Because the spirit comes out of you. And now you're left on your own to try to manage your life. And that's why so many of us come to church broke up. Because we're trying to manage our life on our own. But we look good. Oh, yeah, I'm fly today. I'm cute in my outfit. But. Truth be told, most of us inside are busted up. And you know why? Because we chose culture over kingdom. Sin, you know what Adam and you know the most egregious statement that Adam and Eve did when they ate? They decided that royalty was not as important. When you already have royalty, why do you want to give it up? Most people are aspiring to be something. When God made you, he already said you are something. Sin prevents you from understanding that. Sin prevents you from walking in that. So here it is. You know why there are a lot of problems in relationships? Because we choose people based on culture. How much do they make? Where they work? Who their mama is? Do they have teeth? We, we got all these. <laughs> I don't know. Teeth might be kingdom, brother. But I don't know. We got to talk about that one. That might be a kingdom mandate. (laughs) But I need y'all to understand something. This is the reason why, again, so many people enter into dysfunctional and abusive relationships. Because you are trying to connect with somebody that don't understand kingdom. You're trying to connect with somebody that don't understand the royalty that you already are. And so because of that, culture says, in order for me to get my way, I gotta have power over you, so I gotta rule you. When ain't nobody in here been called to be ruled over. We are called to rule together. So some of y'all are taking anybody. And sometimes you pass up on the one because they ain't making what you think they should make. They don't work where you think they should work. But if you catch them in three years because they got kingdom now, I wish I had somebody that understood it. When Lady Swan met me, I didn't have a die. But she believed in my vision. I got you now, baby. <laughs> 25 years later. I'm trying to help y'all understand, you have to, as a believer, choose based on kingdom, not on culture. And that's why we got so many jacked up, dysfunctional, abusive relationships, even in the house of God even people who come to church still choose culture and you thought that just because they came to church and prayed a couple of times they the one I done found the one Jesus he said Jesus wept he got to be the one let me stop playing and get to the t- So I need y'all to understand this. Please, please understand this. The very reason why God created you is because God wanted to share what he had with someone. And God loved you enough that he decided to purpose you by creating you so that he could share with you what he has. Make no mistake, he still runs the earth, but he chooses to run it through you and me. That's why the Bible says, be careful how you entertain strangers. Because God uses people as opposed to sometimes coming down from the sky. And when you understand that, you understand that the blessings that you have come through how God chooses to use people. Not by how he does it, because of how he set up the earth. This is the last thing I'm going to say before I move on to the text. There's no God and no religion that you will study that created everything and then chose to create a being to share what he created with. Every other religion aspires for you to go up to where that God is. But on the very first page of the Bible, God of the Bible decided, I'm going to make something because I want to share what I have out of the love that I have. Because you can't have love without sharing. For God so loved the world that he, he shared. What he had. So that we could be better. If your love is selfish, that's culture. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 4, he taught, he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom and the good news is we are royalty chosen by God to have dominion and run what he created. And he healed the sick. Bible says as a result of him healing the sick, crowds followed him everywhere. That ends chapter four. Now we're in chapter five. And in chapter five, we enter into what Jesus or the text that scholars believe is described as the Sermon on the Mount. This sermon is three chapters, chapters five through seven. And in Matthew five through seven, Jesus expounds not on how to get saved, but Jesus expounds on what does a kingdom-minded believer look like. He leaves no doubt about what a kingdom-minded person should think, how they should operate, how they should live their life. And in these three chapters, he makes distinctions between culture and kingdom. And it tells me in verse number one that when Jesus saw the crowds and the multitudes, he went up higher because they were following him because he could heal. But that don't mean they were following him for who he was. And what Jesus was doing, he gets up on the mountain, he brings his disciples close to him. And the Bible says he sits down and he begins to teach them what kingdom really is and he opens with verse 3 all the way down to verse 12 which is called the Beatitudes the Beatitudes the word Beatitudes is Latin for blessedness you see everybody that wants to come to church wants to come to church to get blessed Jesus opens up his sermon with telling us here Is how you get blessed. If you follow what's in the Beatitudes, then it can lead to greater blessings in your life. Now, before I go to the first one, I want you to know that some scholars, many scholars believe that the Beatitudes are progressional, which means they build on each other. So as we start the first one today, the next one next week builds off of the one today and vice versa. Now, If you're ready to go, somebody say, let's go. So here it is. Jesus sits down, brings the disciples closer, and opens his mouth. Reverend E, Minister Minister Underwood, he don't say from the beginning, give an honor to God. (laughs) To the angel of this house. First thing he does, he sits down, No introduction, blessed, happy, fortunate are those who are poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What in the world is Jesus talking about? Don't nobody want to come to church to hear about poor and poverty. We want to hear greater, bigger. Remember the Jabez prayer, enlarge my territory. We don't want to hear poor. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. See, this is why you got to read the Bible slow. First of all, poor or poverty means you lack something. Poverty is not always money. Sometimes there is a mental poverty. Sometimes there's an emotional poverty. And there's definitely a spiritual poverty. It means that you are lacking something. And because you lack something, you're searching for where to go to get it. Now, when you see spirit here, notice spirit is not capitalized. So then that can't be the Holy Spirit. When he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, this ain't God. This is me. Because I got spirit too. The very fact that we're living and breathing, we have a soul or spirit that is inside of us. Y'all ready for this? What Jesus is saying clearly is in the kingdom, you are blessed when you recognize that you have a lack in your life. (sighs) What is this lack that I have? This lack is when I try to do life without God. Happy is the person that realizes it's foolish to think I can pursue my purpose. That I can live in intent if I do it on my own. You know what's funny about church? You know what's funny about church? Everybody in here needs help. But you know what the funny part is? Don't nobody want to admit that they need help. So do you know what we do when we come to church? We pretend like everything is good. So we say stuff like this. How you doing? Blessed and highly favored. Saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost fire baptizing the saints. I want to show y'all something real quick, Revelation chapter three verse seventeen. I want to show y'all this. I want to show y'all this. Um, y'all, y'all need to see this. In Revelation chapter three verse seventeen, Jesus is. Uh, John has been given the instruction and the assignment to write to the church, and this church is at Laodicea, right? And and this is what he says. I'm going to start at verse 14, but I'm going to end at verse 17. He says, to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and witness, true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out. Now watch this. Here's the verse. Because, here's what he's saying. Because you are dipping in kingdom and culture, because you like to be in both you're lukewarm and I don't know any water that's good as lukewarm look at verse 17 you say I am rich I have acquired wealth I don't need a thing but you don't even realize that you are wretched pitiful poor Blind and naked. You come up in here trying to project yourself that you got it all in control because you got a nice whip. You want to project yourself because you got a nice job. You want to project yourself because you live in a good neighborhood. You don't even realize that when you land on your back in the hospital and you fighting for your life. That none of what I just described can help you get up out that bed and make your way home. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the people who realize that I need help. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what's interesting. The Bible says in Genesis 2 that when God made you as a wife, the scripture says that he made you to be a helper suitable for me. You weren't beneath me. You're not above me. You are a helper with me in like fashion. But do you know what's the hardest thing for a man to ask for? Is help. help. It's help. <laughs> and it took me a moment to realize this about you. God created you to help me. But the thing that I struggle with is admitting that I need help. So if I can't tell you that I need help, then how can you walk in the identity that God has assigned for you? Because you are created in part to be my helpmate. And here's what God is saying. Ain't no husband gonna recognize that until you're poor in spirit. Because culture says, I run this. Culture says, you submit to me. Culture says, I'm all this. And everybody else got to fall in line. You ain't read your Bible right. Because God would not have had to make her if you didn't need help. And why would you hurt, demean, Cuss out, disrespect, mistreat the very thing that God created to help you. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the people who can admit without shame, I can't live my life without God. Blessed and happy and fortunate are the people that come to terms with every time I try to do it my way, I jack it up. Fortunate are the ones who recognize that if the spirit of God is not leading me, it ain't gonna go right. And what do I get for being poor in spirit? He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom is yours. (laughs) Do you know what he's saying? I can't be royalty. I cannot accept and walk in my true purpose. I cannot be all that God's called me to be until I first realize I can't do it without him. And if we could get over the pride and the ego and the shame that sometimes we try to carry even when we come to church and just admit, Lord, if you don't do it, can't nobody else do it. Lord, if you don't make a way for me, I'm going to mess this up. Lord, if you don't tell me what to do right now, I'm sure I'm going to cuss somebody out and going to regret it. God, I need you to help me. And when you get to that place, Instead of fronting, like you got everything under control. When you get to that place where you can honestly admit that I ain't got it all together. I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. I'm not strong enough to fix everything that's going on in my life. I got some stuff in my life that I wish I could change, but I ain't got the power to do it. When you get to that place where you recognize who you are versus who God is, then you get the kingdom. But as long as you want to run it, As long as you want to make the decisions, as long as you want to do what's best for you, as long as you want to ignore the voice of God over your life, you get culture. Good luck with that. The very first beatitude hangs on the rest. Ain't no blessings coming your way until you first come to terms with the fact I need help. Tell them, hold on. I'm almost done. I'll call you back. I need help. God, you've given me the responsibility of leading my wife and children. I don't know how to always do that. I need help. God, you've called me to pastor this church with all these people. I can't do this on my own. I need help. God, you've put all of these resources into our hands. And truth be told, sometimes you've given us more than what we need, but we mess it up. We need help. But if you're going to keep fronting like you don't, if you're going to keep acting like you don't need anything, if you're going to act like everything is always all right, you will never get the kingdom. I need some folk that can admit that you need help. Join me right here.
2: I need Thee, oh, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to to thee. Yes, God. Yes, God.
0: Yes, God. This year we ain't front no more. We're not pretending anymore. That's culture. Culture is you can't show nobody you're vulnerable. Because when you do it in culture, you're perceived as being weak. And we bring that mentality to the church. Got to be strong. Well, if you're going to be strong, then you're going to squeeze God out. Then you left on your own. I need help.
2: I need Thee, oh, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to,
0: to Thee. Lift your hands up. I'm poor in spirit. I have tried to do it my way more times than I can count. And if I will be honest enough to admit that when I tried to do it my way I made the situation worse not better Father I intercede now for every person that's standing at this altar for all the times God that we thought we could fix it for all the times where we did not ask for help when we needed it for all the times that we've stayed up at night wondering how are we going to do it when you said, come to me all ye that are heavy laden and you will give us rest. We could have slept that night if we gave it to you. But because we are not poor in spirit we carry stuff that we should not carry. Father I admit today I need help. I've tried it my way. It don't work. Friends can't always help me with what I need. I need help. Help me with my mind. Help me with my heart. Help me in how I treat people. Ain't no doctor that can fix that, God. I need you. And You said in Revelation, God, we can have all the stuff of the world and still be wretched and pitiful and blind and naked. God, help us to realize that our life is meaningless. It's nothing. It's no purpose without you. Because you promised us that if... We are poor in spirit. If we rely on you, if we trust you, you will give us the kingdom. Y'all begin to pray. You know what you need. First Peter 5 and 7 says, cast all your cares before him because he cares for you. Here it is right now. Tell him what you need. Tell him what you've been holding on to. Tell him what you haven't given to him yet. Tell them what you've been fighting. I've been holding on to my money. I've been holding on to this bad relationship. I've been holding on to thoughts. I've been holding on to low self-esteem. I've been holding on to dysfunctional situations. I've been holding on to a lack of purpose. I've been holding on to low self-esteem. We bind all of this in the name of Jesus. Come on, you got to speak for yourself. I need help today. I'm no longer going to act like I don't. I'm no longer going to act like I got it all together. I'm going to give it to you. God, I can't do this. I can't fix that. I can't make this right. I can't do all of this. God, I need you to help me. We're not going into 23 like we did 22. Some of us got ulcers and sickness and high blood because you've been holding on to it for too long. i need help god i need help god i'm not ashamed to admit it i need help god because if we have this kind of posture if we have this kind of mentality this kind of attitude you promised the kingdom and in the kingdom is your power in the kingdom is your glory in the kingdom you send your spirit in the kingdom there's healing in the kingdom there's deliverance
2: I come to to thee I come to to thee I come To, to Thee, I come,
0: to, to Thee. We've gone to everybody else. We've gone to family. We've gone to friends we go to banks we go to lawyers we get second opinions when do we go to God? I'm poor in spirit today I ain't front no more if you ask me how I'm doing I'm good but I still need help I need help. Hmm. Hmm. How much longer are we going to carry it? How much longer are you going to try to fix it? How much longer are you going to have headaches? Pressure high. Because you trying to fix it. there's some things you can't do there are some things that God's got to do and he's got to do it through you that's why we need the kingdom in the name of Jesus God I pray for every person here Because a broken and contrite spirit is what you desire. Pride is of the devil. Pride is not of you. Humility is what you require. So here we are today, God, humble. We're humble today. We admit today some of us are tired some of us are weary y'all this is the first step I can't have my marriage right without him I can't be a good parent to my kids without him I can't do right by y'all as pastor without him I can't do right by the resources that he gives to me without him. If there's any area of your life where you might be struggling, could it be that the struggle is there because you are holding on to it? Hmm. God, we're pouring spirit today.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Forgive us, God, for not trusting you. In service right here intercessors I need you to come up there might be some that need additional prayer we have a baptisms right after this for those who need to stay in this space you can stay with our intercessors as long as you need no more fronting no more pretending like we good all the time that we always know what we're doing we always know where to go there's a verse in scripture that says there is a a way that seems right to man but in the end it leads to death when we squeeze God out the road that we're headed on is separation from him But if we're poor in spirit if we recognize our dependency on him if we recognize that as a king or queen I cannot rule my space without God then you'll see the kingdom Father thank you for the time today for those that need to accept Christ online or give your life or join our church There are people there standing by. If you need to accept Christ and hear, give your life, join our church. We have people standing by. Now, God, thank you for the visitation today. And we declare we need help. We're tired because we need help. We're stressed because we need help but you promise that if we admit that if we live that way you'll send help because the kingdom of heaven is ours now God may your grace, your peace and your power keep and sustain us all in Jesus name let everybody say I need help
3: everyone. We are looking for a few good men and women to be an Ivy Uber Eats driver on Tuesdays and Thursdays to deliver hot meals. Please contact Clint Bryant at cbryant at ivybaptistchurch.org if you want to serve on this team. Okay, jumpstart your health with Power Hour Workouts with Shannon, 7.30 a.m. on Saturdays in the Chapel. The next event is January 21st. Register on Ivy's website. Come sit down at the Social Justice Cafe, Saturday, January 28th, from 1030 to 12 noon. Light refreshments served as we discuss community issues and plan our civic engagements for the year. Register now on our website or Ivy app. Married and engaged couples Join vow keepers to kick off the new year with a fun game night, Friday, January 20th, 630 at Ivy. This is a potluck event. RSVP is required. Please email Vowkeepers at ivybaptistchurch.org. For more information on child care, include that in your RSVP email.
0: One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000. And all of the resources are going right back out into our community, so our community and our families can be better. We're going to do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support.
3: Calling all men. Let's start the new year off right. Man Up Monday, 2023. New year, new focus is our theme. Tomorrow at 7 p.m. Join us in person at Ivy.